Well, tonight we are beginning a series on Proverbs, and this topic tonight is going to be specifically on two aspects, two themes in Proverbs, wisdom and fear of the Lord. So thank you for coming, everybody, and uh, let's pray, even though we've already prayed, but let's pray again. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. Thank you that God would give us your word, Lord, to lead us and guide us and bless us and, and tell us what you are like and show us your will for our lives. Lord, we just pray that you would please open up your word. Holy Spirit, please open up your word to us tonight. Please help me. Please help us all. Lord, and we pray that you would just help us to not only read your word, but to do your word. We ask in Jesus' name, and we thank you, Lord. Amen. <clears throat> well, this evening, we're beginning our series on Proverbs, and Proverbs were written by Solomon. Solomon, right. Solomon was David's son, and here is why he wrote Proverbs, starting right with Proverbs chapter 1, right in the very beginning. He says, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, and here's why I'm writing these, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. Did you notice how Many times he used the word wisdom and wise to know wisdom, to receive instruction in wise dealing. Verse 5, let the wise hear. So it's not, he didn't write Proverbs just for children or young people or teenagers or young adults. He wrote Proverbs, Proverbs for the wise as well. So people who have wisdom can even increase in learning. The words of the wise. Now, Solomon, at the time of his life, was called the wisest man on earth. And so it says, oh, I forget what book this is from. I got it and I forgot to put the book at the end. Uh, but it says, and God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding beyond measure. God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding beyond measure. Isn't that incredible? and breadth of mind like the sand on the seashore, so that Solomon's wisdom surpassed the wisdom of all the people of the East and all the wisdom of Egypt, for he was wiser than all other men. Wiser than Ethan the Ezraite, and Heman, Calcol, and Darda the sons of Mahol, and his fame was in all the surrounding nations. He also spoke 3,000 proverbs, and his songs were 1,005. He spoke of trees from the cedar that is in Lebanon to the hyssop that grows out of the wall. He, also, he spoke also of beasts and of birds and of reptiles and of fish. 
and people of all nations came to hear the wisdom of Solomon and from all the kings of the earth who had heard of his wisdom. Now notice, this says that God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding beyond measure. He didn't get it by studying the philosophers of his day or just trying to figure out what would be the best life hacks. He received wisdom from God. True wisdom comes from God. And apart from God, we can't have true wisdom. So I am so grateful that Jesus saved me. Because apart from knowing Jesus, apart from knowing God, apart from the Father and the Holy Spirit, we'd have no wisdom at all. Even, even though YouTube is filled with all kinds of videos telling you how to be successful, how to have the best productivity habits in life, there's no true wisdom apart from God. And Solomon wrote Proverbs to share his wisdom, the wisdom God gave him, with his son and with all people. And so in Proverbs 1.8 he says, Hear my son your father's instruction and forsake not your mother's teaching. And then Proverbs 1, 1 through 3, we already read this, but it says, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, how to live wisely, how to deal wisely with people, in righteousness, justice, and equity. So, as I mentioned earlier, we're going to look at two themes tonight from Proverbs, wisdom and the fear of of the Lord. So we already have been talking about wisdom, but in Proverbs 1:7 it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And so as I was um, working out the different themes of Proverbs, one of the things that that struck me is that it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, is the beginning of knowledge. So it just makes sense that to start off tonight that we would start talking about wisdom and the fear of the Lord. Because that's the beginning. That's, that's where wisdom starts in a sense. So first of all, what is wisdom? What is biblical wisdom? Well, here's a dictionary definition of wisdom. And it is the quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment. Someone can have all the knowledge in the world, but if they don't have good judgment, they're not wise. So it's not just knowledge. It's not just having knowledge. And, and this definition from a dictionary says, the soundness of an action or decision with regard to the application of experience, knowledge, and good judgment. So, God wants us to have knowledge of Him, but knowing facts about God, having all kinds of knowledge about God, is not all there is to wisdom. We can gain knowledge over time through the study of the Scriptures. But one source, one Christian source I read said, wisdom 
it can be said that wisdom in turn acts properly upon that knowledge. So we read the Bible, we study about God, we gain knowledge about God, but wisdom acts upon that. So wisdom is the fitting application of knowledge. And I like this. This is from gotquestions.org, a Christian site. It says, knowledge understands, knowledge understands the light has turned red. Wisdom applies the brakes. I thought, oh, oh now you're helping me to understand it. <laughs> now, now you're speaking in terms I can understand. Knowledge sees the quicksand. Wisdom walks around it. See, very often, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, we can know something is bad, but so often we'll just walk right into the quicksand. And that's not wise. It says, knowledge memorizes the Ten Commandments. Wisdom obeys them. So, it is not enough to just know God or His commands. We must act upon them. Now, wisdom is a gift from God. James 1.5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. Boy, isn't that great to know that if we don't know how to act in a situation, if we see quicksand in our lives and don't know what to do, it says God gives generously. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. Isn't that great to know? We can say, Lord, I don't know what to do here. Please give me wisdom. Please show me how I need to, to respond to this situation or this person. Lord, I don't know what to do with my life. I don't know what to do with my finances. Please give me wisdom. Isn't it, isn't it encouraging? Isn't it good to know that we have a God who loves to give wisdom generously? Oh, love that. And obviously, the greatest gift of wisdom is Jesus. And 1 Corinthians 1.30 says, And because of Him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God. Righteousness and sanctification and redemption. And so Jesus gives us knowledge of God and shows us how to act in different situations that we could never get apart from Him. Remember, he, remember, it's not enough just to have knowledge of what to do. It's how to act. And time and time again, Jesus tells us how to act. Luke 6.28 says, Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. See, that's... That's Jesus. He said that. He is wisdom from God. He's giving us wisdom. The world, that makes no sense to the world. Bless those who curse you? No, the world says, curse those who curse you, only just do it louder. <laughs> you know, the, the world doesn't say, pray for those who abuse you. It says, try to find some way to get them back. Jesus Again, the wisdom from God, Luke 6.35, uh, 
but love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for He is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Boy, God has used that in my life at times. Years, Many years ago, there was a, a, a couple who had been in our church, and we had tried to help them, and they just really were abusive to me and Christy. I, I can't go into great detail, but I remember one time I, I was just praying, and this came to my mind. Love your enemies, do good, and lend, expecting nothing in return. Um, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. And so it was, it was around Christmas time, and so I said to Christy, I'd like to, can we get them a gift or something? I know if my name was on it, they'd never accept it. And so Christy went and bought gift cards or gift certificates from Giant Eagle, put them in anonymous envelopes, and we sent them to this couple. And I just thought, Lord, thank you. I'm just trying to bless those who curse me. They had cursed me. <laughs> um, and um, God eventually changed things in that situation. Totally surprised me. But God can do that because we weren't responding the way we wanted to necessarily or the way the world would respond, but, but God gave us wisdom. Here's another wisdom from God that just seems unbelievable. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16-18 Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That, that just doesn't seem to make sense. Are you serious? I should give thanks in all circumstances? Even when things are going bad? Even when things don't seem good? Yes, give, there's something you can give thanks for. There's always something we can thank God for. And um, I remember this is not like suffering and horrible pain or anything like that. But I can remember one day I was, I was in horrible traffic, stuck in traffic in Pittsburgh. And I remember I was tempted to grumble or I might have been grumbling. And, I, and then I remembered this scripture, give thanks in all circumstances. And so I started thanking God for the traffic. And God put into my mind, the reason that you are stuck in this traffic is because of how much I have blessed this nation. I have blessed this nation with so much wealth and that people have so many cars and they have such nice highways and they have all, you know, all the, ga the money to buy gas. And so I just started thanking God for how He has blessed our nation. And, and so in every situation, but that's, that's wisdom from God. So let, let's go on and, and look at what Proverbs says. Why is it important for us to gain wisdom? Well, Solomon tells us that one thing it does is it brings incredible blessings into our lives, and when we fail to gain wisdom, it can bring incredible pain and even death into our lives. So, what is the value of wisdom? First of all, we will know God. And so, in Proverbs 2, he says, My son, if you receive my words... Or wait, is this Proverbs 1? I didn't write the reference. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom 
and inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord, again, which is the first part, most important part of wisdom, or a starting point of wisdom, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and then you will find the knowledge of God. So we want to cry out and seek wisdom because when we seek wisdom, we find the knowledge of God. We will know God, the Creator of the universe. The One who we couldn't possibly know if He didn't reveal Himself to us. The One who created all things. The One who has all wisdom. So when we seek wisdom, we find the knowledge of God. Secondly, God protects us through His wisdom. And I, I do believe this is chapter 2. It says, verse 6, For the Lord gives wisdom. From His mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. Now look at this. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of His saints. So wisdom brings God's protection into our lives. He is a shield. He guards the paths we walk on. Third, we will know the best ways to live. And so verse 9 says, Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity every good path. So, I, I want to know the best ways to live. I, I, I don't want to live in a way that's going to bring harm into my life. And so, I seek wisdom from God. Fourth reason we should seek wisdom is God's wisdom protects us from the influence of evil people. Verse 10, for wisdom will come into your heart, knowledge will be pleasant to your soul, discretion will watch over you, understanding will guard you, delivering you from the way of evil, from men of perverted speech who forsake the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perverseness of evil, men whose paths are crooked, who are devious in their ways, so you will be delivered from the forbidden woman, from the adulteress with her smooth words. And, and so it goes on, it says, her house sinks down to death and her paths to the departed. So wisdom protects us from influence from sinful people. Without God's wisdom, we're going to be influenced by others. Fifth, wisdom keeps us on the path of blessing in life. And verse 20 says, So you will walk in the way of the good and keep to the paths of the righteous. For the upright will inhabit the land and those with integrity will remain in it, but the wicked will be cut off from the land and the treacherous will be rooted out of it. So it is so important for us to gain wisdom from God because it keeps us on the path of blessing. And then other blessings in verse 13, it says, blessed, this is Proverbs 3, 13 through 18, it says, blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding for the gain from her is better than gain from silver. 
and her profit better than gold. She's more precious than jewels and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. She's a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. And then in verse 35 it says, the wise will inherit honor but fools get disgraced. So there's all these reasons why we should pursue wisdom from God. I mean, it just will, will affect our lives. And I can, I'm so grateful. I am so thankful that the Lord saved me around age 23 or 24 because my life was not going in a good direction. And because in His grace and in His kindness, He has given me His Word and wisdom, I have been so grateful to enjoy many, many blessings in life. This, this is the truth. This is telling the truth. I have, I have enjoyed so many blessings from God in my life. That doesn't mean there aren't hard things in life, but God has just blessed me so many times. He has spared me from so much evil that I could have fallen into. Oh, it's unbelievable. Well, where do we get biblical wisdom? Obviously, God's Word. And this is the importance of regularly meditating on God's Word. Blessed is the man, this is Psalm 1, 1 through 3. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. So, meditating on God's Word is so important. It's, that is how we get wisdom. And I am so thankful that someone as a young Christian taught me I was in a Bible study. He wasn't teaching just me, but he just taught that we should try to have regular times in the Word of God. You know, it, some people, it works best to do it when you first get up in the morning. That's how it works best for me. Get my cup of coffee, of course, and sit down and spend some time in God's Word. And one thing that I... I really have been doing the last couple of years that I really have, have enjoyed is I spend, one day I'll spend a, a little bit of time reading in the New Testament and then I slowly work my way through Psalms and Proverbs. So I might read Matthew, a couple chapters in Matthew, and then say if I'm in the middle of Psalms, I'll read a couple Psalms and I just keep track of that. And once I'm finished with Psalms, then I go through Proverbs. And once I get to through Proverbs, I start back with Psalms again. So I'm having, and one day I do a little bit of New Testament, Proverbs and Psalms. One day a little bit of Old Testament. And so I, I just have been blessed so much. I'm so grateful to God for Psalms and Proverbs. All, Gospels too, obviously, but but. Many proverbs God has used in my life to help me. And um, 
So meditating on God's Word is, is how we gain wisdom. So, we'll talk a little bit about the fear of the Lord, but does anybody have any um, comments on gaining wisdom or how God has used His wisdom in your lives? And if you don't, that's okay. Okay, well, we'll, we'll have some uh, little time for discussion afterwards, I think. So let's talk about the fear of the Lord. Proverbs 9 verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. See, that's what it says, said earlier. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Here's, if you want to start to get wisdom, start to get the fear of the Lord. And it says, And the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. So what is the fear of the Lord? Well, so I love what Psalm 112 one says. It says, Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in His commandments. So the fear of the Lord is not some dread that, man, if I just take one inch out of bounds, God's going to strike me down with lightning. You know, before Jesus saved me, I was raised Roman Catholic and I really, I, I was afraid God was going to punish me. I, I was always afraid. And I'd go to confession, and then within that week, I would be sure that something was, I was going to do something to go to hell. And so I had a fear of, I had a, it wasn't biblical fear of the Lord. It was a fear of punishment, which when I found, when I heard the gospel, I, when I finally understood the gospel and realized that Jesus had taken my punishment and I didn't need to fear eternal punishment anymore, that was a blessing. But, but it says, but even when we're saved, we need to fear the Lord in a, in a right way. It says, blessed is the man who fears the Lord. So it's not some kind of dread that the Lord's going to just hit me with a lightning bolt if I make a mistake. It's a healthy fear. It's a, it's a really healthy fear that makes you blessed. And it's, it's a recognition. It begins, I believe, with a recognition that God is holy, infinitely perfectly holy there is no sin at all in god god is infinitely perfect holy and and in isaiah 6 isaiah gets a glimpse of god's vision he sees seraphim flying around crying holy 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 is the lord God of hosts, heaven and earth are filled with His glory. And these seraphim are the highest created beings. They have never sinned, and yet they, with two of their wings, they cover their faces because they cannot look directly upon God's holiness. So I don't even understand the depth and the magnitude of God's holiness. But... That's where we begin to grow in the fear of the Lord is to meditate on the absolute perfection and holiness of God. There's no sin. But for us who fear, for us who are believers, it's more of a reverence for God. It's a reverence for God. And 
Hebrews 12, 28 and 29 gives a good description of this. It says, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. And so gotquestions.org says, this reverence and awe is exactly what the fear of God means for Christians. This is the motivating factor for us to surrender to the Creator of the universe. Our God is a consuming fire. That, that, gives, us a, that gives us a healthy reverence and awe. And I was thinking about it today. And I was thinking, when I, was, when I read that passage, our God is a consuming fire. I was thinking, you know what? We use fire a lot in this world, in this life. And if you have uh, you know, some kind of a fire built in a fire pit in your backyard in one of these nice summer evenings, a blazing fire, it can be really beautiful. And, it's, and yet, we, we respect it. You know, we, we, we look at the beauty of this fire, we enjoy this fire, and yet, we're not, we don't worship it, we don't have a reverence for it, but yet, I, I'm not going to mess around with it. I'm not just going to stick my hand in there while I'm standing there. And, and there's, a, there's a sense in which I... I recognize the power and awesomeness and, and I have this, a sort of, a kind of reference for fire. Or le- electricity. Or any of, some of the other blessings God has given us. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a really wonderful thing to have electricity, yet I, I don't want to mess around. I don't know enough about it to mess around with. I don't do any electrical work in my house. And the, one of the last guys I talked to who did electrical work in my house, I, I, I don't know why it is. I always like to ask these guys who work in my house, what was the worst thing that ever happened to you? I said, what, have, have you ever been really shocked badly? And I said, what was the worst you were ever shocked? Because see, this would give me a healthy fear of electricity. And he said, well, I, one time I was working on an air conditioning system in a building and I flipped the switch to turn it off uh, and, and I went up onto the roof and someone must have come by and seen that the switch was off and they turned it back on and I went and I touched the air conditioner and I forget how many volts he said, maybe 900, but he said, it shocked me, it threw me clear back 15, 20 feet across the top of the building. Now see, I use electricity and I love electricity (laughs) and I'm grateful for electricity, but yet I have a healthy fear of it. And we I think we can apply that to the Lord. You know, we we need to just realize He is so awesome. And we have a very we it's a reverence, it's an awe. Our God is a God who pours out blessings upon us. He is generous and kind and loving, but He is holy. We don't want to sin. We don't want to mess with God in any way. You know, God knows our every single thought and every motive in our heart. And so there have been times where I have just, I've prayed, Lord Jesus, 
Help me in the way I think about this. Help me. You know my every single thought. I mean, people who don't believe in God think they can think whatever they want and say whatever they want. But even if I am all by myself in a dark room, sitting in a closet, God still knows my every thought. He knows every motive of my heart. He sees me at all times. And I've, I've, shared, I've shared at times with the church how God has used the fear of the Lord just, just to help me. I mean, there, I know there was one time I was in the Atlanta airport, I think. I was in, in, and I was, I was walking by and there was a newsstand there. And for a split second, I was, I was tempted to go into the newsstand and, and maybe look at something I shouldn't look at. And, but God's, God put this thought in my mind like, I see you. I know what you're doing. You know, and it doesn't matter if nobody in the whole world knew you and you went in there and did that. I would know it. And so I didn't. And amazingly, incredibly, I believe it was this time, two minutes later, I ran into somebody from Indiana, Pennsylvania who saw me. <laughs> and I just, I, I remember just saying, thank you, Lord. First of all, thank you that I didn't go and sin. And secondly, thank you that some, I didn't sin and then somebody catches me. So the fear of the Lord, the first benefit is that it, the fear of the Lord can keep us from sin. Can keep us, it protects us from sin and it protects us from the consequences of sin. And so the Proverbs 8.13 says, The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. Pride and arrogance and the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. The fear of the Lord is to hate sin. We, we can't just think, well, you know what? It's not going to hurt if I sin. I'll get away with it this time. Fear of the Lord will make us hate sin. Proverbs 3.7 says, Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. When we fear God, we will hate sin. We will turn away from sin. You know, it doesn't matter if you're all by yourself in your house and you're watching something on television and you know it's wrong to watch it or you're going to be tempted. Even if nobody else is there, if we fear God, we will turn that off. We hate sin because it's offensive to God and His holiness. And we hate evil because we love God. He's so good to us. And when we fear God, we don't want to go near sin. We know sin will have consequences. Yes, God is merciful and He forgives our sins. And so often He's patient with us and doesn't reward us as our sins deserve. But yet, at times, we will have consequences if we sin. So we shouldn't think, well, I'm saved. God's grace. He's not going to punish me. Romans 6.1 says, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? And then in verse 15 and 16, what then? Are we to sin because we're not under law but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you're slaves of the one whom you obey, 
either of sin which leads to death or of obedience which leads to righteousness. And Christians, when we present ourselves to sin, we can become slaves of sin. We can still be born again and still be enslaved to sin. And so in Proverbs 14.27 it says, The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. See, it's not, it's not a bad thing. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life that one may turn away from the snares of death. The fear of the Lord, benefit number two, is it leads to a satisfied life. Proverbs 19.23 says, The fear of the Lord leads to life. And whoever has it rests satisfied. He will not be visited by harm. We, when we fear God, when we have reverence for Him, He gives us peace and satisfaction in life. True joy. And it says we will not be visited by harm. Now that doesn't mean we'll never get sick or we'll never suffer, but we will not be visited by spiritual harm. The harm that comes from sinning. And the fear of the Lord, also another benefit is it yields rewards. It says in Proverbs 22.4, the reward for humility and the fear of the Lord is riches and honor and life. God rewards us when we fear Him with spiritual riches and we also experience God's mercy. Luke 1.50 says, and His mercy is for those who fear Him from generation to generation. So when we fear the Lord, we experience His mercy. And the final benefit is, it says in Psalm 25.14, the friendship of the Lord is for those who fear Him. Isn't that, isn't that great? The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear Him. And He makes known to them His covenant. So, we need and we want to get wisdom from God. So, I would, uh, I'd encourage you as we do this Proverbs series to read through Proverbs. Maybe... Maybe just one a day or just a few minutes a day. Even if it's only five minutes a day reading through Proverbs, you'll gain wisdom from that. So, does anybody here have any questions about wisdom or the fear of the Lord? Or does anybody have any ways that God has shown you how fearing Him has helped you? Craig? Okay, Craig's going to use a microphone. Uh, in... Proverbs 4, one of the, my favorite Proverbs, it's, you know, you hear a lot about health and doing things with exercise and food and so forth, but one of my favorite Proverbs is this one, and it says, um, do not let them out of your, uh, my son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Mm. And if we, it, it, I know we're all destined to die, and we, um, 
may have these afflictions, but we might have less affliction if we are reading the scriptures because it clearly says it's health to your body and your mind. Mm. Mm. So. Thanks, Craig. Yeah, good. Great. Anybody else? All right. Well, hey, let's pray. And uh, I'm not sure what to do because they're still going on out in the foyer, but let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you that you give us the gift of wisdom and the gift of the fear of the Lord. Lord, we just pray that you would give us and help us to grow and be wise. Give us your wisdom, Lord, for everything we are facing. Lord, any situations that any of us in here are facing, please give them wisdom for those situations. We need your wisdom, Lord, and please, please give us the fear of the Lord. Please cause us to fear you, and we just thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.